Kapla! Hello and good evening, everybody. It is Saturday, February 19th, 2022, and Happy New Year if you've only been following along on the uh, Live Long and Podcast Radio Theory series. We are kicking off our third season tonight. This is our 46th episode overall of Star Trek Radio Theater as we start this new year. Uh, we are doing Looking for Parmok in all the wrong places tonight from D-Space Nine's fifth season. Originally aired October 14th, 1996. It's 2373 in terms of Star Trek years. And uh, this is a great script written by Ronald D. Moore, one of my all-time favorites. We got a great cast here of the Live Long and Podcasters to bring this down. Congratulations to Michael and Jessica on the birth of baby Gus, you know, who's also with us tonight. Mm -hmm. And we also have, well, we don't have Jeff Mater with us tonight, but Jeff, uh, my brother and uh, his uh, wife-to-be, Amanda, just had their baby, my new niece, Prudence. And so very excited for them. And congratulations to all the new babies out there. And Kira, who uh, Jessica's playing tonight, is pregnant in this episode. So uh, there's, there's, there's babies on the mind. So I'll, I'll introduce the whole cast and everything sort of after the show and who you'll know, be able to just kind of uh, follow along uh, once we uh, come off screen here. We hope you enjoy it. You'll be able to listen to the, the edited version after the fact in probably a couple of weeks before episode two uh, is recorded. Okay. So with that, let's bring up our read and start this off. Okay, everybody? Exciting. Let's do it. We focus on the habitat ring corridor. Bashir is walking along the corridor and hears arguing coming from the O'Brien's quarters. He stops to eavesdrop. Cork comes around a corner and catches him. Doctor? Oh, hello, Quack. Bashir attempts to play it off by pretending he has a sore neck. Let me guess. Eavesdropping on the battling O'Briens? Don't be ridiculous. Such language. I hope Molly's not around. You can hear what they're saying in there? How could I not? What are they saying? Let's use a little discretion, shall we? He's done something. She's outraged. He thinks she's overreacting. She thinks he's trying to run her life. Pretty boring, actually. But to hear them, you'd think it was a matter of life and death. Suddenly, Keiko comes down the hallway, catching Bashir listening in at the door. He looks smug and slightly amused. Hello, Julian. Oh, hello. Quark. Miss O'Brien. Keiko goes into her quarters. I thought you said the O'Briens were arguing in there. Not Miles and Keiko. The other O'Briens, Miles and Kira. What do they have to argue about? Miles hid Kira's spring ball racket because she's carrying his baby and he doesn't want her taking any risks. And she doesn't want him controlling her. Quark pauses, listening. What? Keiko made them stop. Now they're in the let's talk this out and share our feelings part of the fight. Show's over. Ah, uh, well. I mean, good. Quark and Bashir are disappointed. We focus on the replimat. Worf is sitting at a table, having a conversation with Dax. It is the power of his voice, the strength of his intonation, that make Barack Haddad a great singer. There are none like him. None is boring, anyway. He never varies his performance, even by a halftone. I prefer traditional opera performed in the traditional manner. You know, for a Klingon who's raised by humans, wears a Starfleet uniform, and drinks 
prune juice. You're pretty attached to tradition. Mm. But that's okay. I like a man riddled with contradictions. The airlock opens and three Klingons step out. One of them is Grilka, from the house of Grilka. Worf is mesmerized. Dax turns to see what Worf is looking at. That's a welcome sight. The peace talks must be going well if the Klingons are back at the station. Worf gets up and starts to walk away from the table while Dax is still talking. So rude. Worf? Did you see her? The Klingon woman? She was glorious. Worf continues to walk away, as if in a trance, oblivious to the fact that Dax is even there. We focus on Quark's bar. Grilka and her entourage enter and sit down at a table. Worf watches them from the doorway. Dax catches up. Her? She's okay. I have never seen such a woman. Who is she? What house is she from? I do not recognize her family crest. Grilka goes over to Quark. He raises his tray in front of him as she goes for her dagger. They smile and embrace. Worf is appalled. She is friend of a Ferengi. Now I remember who she is. Her name is Grilka. And she's not just Quark's friend. She's his ex-wife. We focus on Quark's bar. Quark brings two glasses over to Grilka's table. Maparian ale, with just a hint of pacifer, as I recall. He hands her one of the drinks and sits down with the other. You remember? I'm honored. How could I forget? You're the only Klingon who drinks something besides blood wine. Or prune juice. Prune juice? Forget it. Quark and Grilka raise their glasses. To the house of Grilka, may it continue to be as strong and proud as Lady is beautiful. You may not have been the ideal husband, but you were an excellent bartender. I know of no greater compliment. So, what brings you to my humble establishment? Business or pleasure? The recent hostilities between the Federation and the Empire have been very costly to my family. We have suffered great losses in ships, lands, warriors. War. What is it good for? If you ask me, absolutely nothing. The financial cost was significant. I have an idea. Why don't I take a look at your financial records? I know that's not why you're here. I'm sure it's simply a social visit. But maybe I could help. Very well. If it pleases you, I will allow you access to the records. Thank you. Grilka and Tumek leave. Thopak slams his hands down on Quark's shoulders, getting unnecessarily close to Quark's giant ears to issue his threat. I guess he doesn't know the Ferengi have superb hearing. Hear this, Ferengi. Help Grilka and you live, fail, and I will kill you myself. We focus on Ops. Worf and Dax are on the turbo lift. She is explaining what happened between Quark and Grilka. And even though it was an accident, Quark took credit for killing Grilka's husband. Why? As a way of boosting business at the bar. And it worked. But then Grilka kidnapped Quark and took him back to the Klingon homeworld and married him. Why? I'm getting to that. As a woman, Grilka was forbidden to lead her house. By marrying Quark, she was able to retain control through him. Eventually, 
She convinced the council to give her control and she divorced Quark on the spot. As far as I know, that's the last time they saw each other. A marriage of convenience. Certainly for Grilka. I'm not sure how convenient it was for Quark. His opinion is of no consequence. He is unworthy of a prize such as she. <laughs> Worf, it sounds like you have a bad case of harmark. Is that contagious? Captain Sisko comes out of his office and throws his baseball at Dax. Parmok is the Klingon word for love, but with more aggressive undertones. Love? Worf? Stranger things have happened. Especially around here. And that's it for Sisko in this episode. <laughs> what? <laughs> we focus on the infirmary. O'Brien is with Bashir, who is working on a respirator to ease Kira's pregnancy symptoms. This should alleviate Kira's sneezing. Shad! But Joran women have been sneezing their way through pregnancy for over a hundred thousand years. You can't expect me to cure it overnight. Bashir heads to his shelves to collect a f few more things and changes the subject. You know, I heard a rumor. The Jerrys may be trying to cross the channel this evening. Maybe we should try to have a surprise waiting for them. O'Brien sniffs the respirator and sneezes. <coughs> Serves you right. I can't go to the Hollow Suite tonight. Uh, Kia and I have uh, some things to work out. Still fighting, eh? Uh, who said we are fighting? Word gets around. It's a small station. It's a huge station! Obviously not huge enough. Well, for your information, we won fighting. Glad to hear it. Here are some Bajoran Takeo herbs for Kira's swollen ankles. She'll need to dissolve them in some kind of fruit juice before ingesting them. I hope they taste better than the Makara herbs you gave her. Are you sampling all her medications? No, oh, no! Oh, not at all. Kira didn't like the taste. Oh, by the way, I almost forgot. She, uh, she had a rash on the back of her thighs. You have a salve or something. How long has she had it? Oh, well, I noticed it yesterday uh, when I was uh, helping her out of the bathtub. So she had it for at least a day. Helping her out of the tub? Well, she's living in my house. She's having my baby. So, uh, did you look? What? Oh, please! I was holding the towel up in front of her! How does Keiko feel about you helping Kira out of the tub? Keiko feels fine about it. You see, we are adults. We're developing a close, mature relationship. I'm sure that Keiko and Kira have. But you... What about me? I bet you looked. O'Brien grabs the herbs out of Bashir's hand and storms off. We focus on Quark's bar. Grilka, Tumek, and Thopak are at a table. Worf enters, sees Grilka is there, and heads over to Morn, who is sitting in his usual spot, stool, and signaling the bartender for a refill. Seriously, does that dude ever shut up? Worf gets close and speaks very quietly. I will apologize for this at another time. You are in my seat! Worf grabs Morn and throws him off his seat and sits down. Bartender! Bloodwine! What? Is that smell? Is there a pile of rotting foreshock in here? Worf turns and looks at Thopak. Or is it you? Stand when I talk to you! Worf goes to the table, throwing chairs out of his way. Or do you think that it is funny? <laughs> Thopak and Worf glare at each other. Tumek shuts that shit down quickly. 
Mevyap! Worf, son of Moog, come join me. Tumak leads Worf <laughs> to a quiet corner. Challenging Topek to a fight is a waste of time. Grilka cannot mate with you, now or ever. Your house is dishonored. Your name is a curse. I meant no disrespect. You showed none. I'm sure your motives were honorable. Don't let it trouble you too much. In truth, I doubt it would have been a good match. Why? Have you ever pursued a Klingon woman? No. There's no shame in that. You were raised by humans. You wear their uniform, you accept their values. How could you know anything about our women? You'd be surprised what I know. Perhaps, but we will not find out here. It is the wish of the Lady Grilka that you leave us now, son of Moog, and do not return. Worf gives Tumak a small nod of the head and walks away, discouraged. We focus on the defiant mess hall. Worf and Dax are having coffee together. I am a fool. You're in love. Which I suppose is the same thing. You're making too much out of this, Worf. Tumak said Grilka wasn't offended. She was probably flattered. There is no flattery in a great lady being courted by a traitor. Is that what's really bothering you? Or is it that Tumek said that you didn't know anything about Klingon women? Or you're afraid he's right? Quark enters. Turns out he can just come onto the planet anytime he wants. What do you want? I want to talk to Dax, if that's alright with you. Worf is super annoyed Quark is here. Quark sits down in front of Dax. I need help. Grilka invited me to dinner, and I need to brush up on Klingon manners and protocol and all that. She invited you to dinner? In her quarters. A private dinner. A very private dinner. Dax and Quark start grinning. Worf gets up and stands by the bulkhead, sulking. (laughs) What's wrong with him? He's having a bad day. Oh, that's a shame. Well, when Grilka and I were married, there wasn't a lot of affection involved. So what does a Klingon woman expect from a man? Are there any secret Klingon phrases I should know? Or do we just leap on each other like a pair of crazed voles? Quark. Klingon mating rituals are very involved. It's not just a one-night affair. Two nights? Whatever. Look, I'm serious. Grilka and I, we have something. I'm not sure what, but I want to pursue it. For sex? No. Well, that too. But there's more. She's glorious. So I hear. Look. If you're serious about this, then you have to take it slow at dinner. No windows, no staring at her cleavage. So what should I do? You talk. You ask her about her family's history and their accomplishments. She'll consider this a great sign of respect. <laughs> respect? Okay, okay, I can do that. Anything else? Grilka is from the Mekrovak region. It is customary among her people that a man bring a link of Linkta to the first courtship dinner. Make sure it's fresh, as if you have just killed it. Then, use the leg to sweep aside everything on the table and declare in a loud voice, I have brought you this. From this day, I wish to provide food for you and your house. All I ask is to share your company and do honor to your name. Then what? Well, either she accepts your offer... Or she'll have her bodyguard shatter every bone in your body. Sounds reasonable. We focus on the O'Brien's quarters, Kira's room. We see a bottle of Bajoran massage oil. O'Brien is massaging Kira's bare legs. Did your father just sit you down one day and say, Right, Miles, it's time to teach you about massaging pregnant women. O'Brien's Bible technique. 
My mother hated being pregnant. My father's massages, they were the only thing that kept her from killing everyone. Sounds like me. Pretty much. She didn't swear, Bajorn, but she used to like use these descriptive phrases. Keiko enters with some clothes and a pair of boots. And since the door was open the whole time, no sound effects are needed. Are those my uniforms? Garrick finished the alterations and sent these along. He guarantees the insoles will help your feet. Ow, ow, ow! That wasn't very convincing. I think she's actually enjoying it, Miles. You'd better press harder if you want her to suffer. Harder it is. Keiko leaves as O'Brien moves on to Kira's lower back. Ow! Mercedes Miles, Edward O'Brien. Was your father this cruel to your mother? Was. I'd swear sometimes you'd hear screams halfway across the island. The neighbors didn't know whether to be worried or teased Here. Kira sits up. She moves <laughs> O'Brien's hands up to her shoulders. You miss Ireland? You know, you asked me that a year ago. I would have said no. <laughs> but lately, I don't know why. I've been daydreaming about my home. Maybe I'm getting nostalgic in my old age. You've got leaf coming. Take three weeks and go. If I left, who give you the foot massages? Take me along. I can think of worse things than slaves in Ireland with you. <laughs> me too. The massaging stops. O'Brien and Kira realize that this is starting to cross a line into something a little more than friendship. The consequences of this start to sink in when the oblivious Keiko walks into the room. O'Brien quickly removes his hands from Kira's shoulders. Do stop on my account. All right. Awkward massaging resumes. <laughs> We focus on the Bridge of the Defiant. Klingon Opera is playing through the comm system, and Worf is singing along with the male lead. While Worf sings like no one is watching, Quark enters the bridge from behind. <coughs> Worf turns off the music and is maybe a tad embarrassed. I'm not going to ask. Look, I came here to thank you for last night. Grilka loved it. All of it. Everything I did, everything I said was perfect. So, I know nothing about Klingon women. She said I had the heart of a Basai master, whatever that is. It is a poet. A poet? I guess I can live with that. What else happened? Well, she spent about an hour talking about her family history. A rather long and bloody tale. But what else is new? Then we ate Zelinkta, which tasted really bad, listened to some noise, she called on music, and I left. A perfect evening. Mmm, almost. Her bodyguard was giving me threatening looks all night. That is to be expected. The idea of a Ferengi courting a great lady is offensive. You know, it's attitudes like that that keep you people from getting invited to all the really good parties. The heart of a Basai master. She said that. Could I make that up? I'm telling you, Worf. She responded perfectly. You really have the key to this woman's heart. The question is, can you help me unlock it? Yes, I can. We have work to do. We focus on the Hollow Suite, the Klingon Hall of Warriors. Quark and Dax are dressed as Kaelas the Unforgettable and Lady Lucara. As they fight Klingon warriors, Worf paces around like a high school drama teacher. Uh, 
Dax finishes off her opponent. Quark is not as adept with the Batleth and is losing severely. Quark! The program freezes. Dax signals an upward thrust. Quark takes the hint and kills his opponent when the program resumes. Dax recites her line as Lady Lucara while Quark tries to catch his breath. Mova Aki Rostak! Worf tries to prompt Quark's next line. Koshtama! Koshtama, I mean, Toma Epa Lucara Kavir. Ishtovi Chata Ting Nuk! Bish, Bish, Opera, Gree, Uncha, ah. Bish, Opera, Gree, Uncha, Oma, Te, 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 Komasha. Enough! You say the words, but there is no feeling behind them, no passion! Having to learn all this Klingonese isn't helping my performance. Do not think of it as a performance. Believe in where you are. Put yourself in this place, in this time. A thousand years ago, the dawn of the Empire. Five hundred warriors stormed the Great Hall at Kamchi. The city garrison fled before them. Only the Emperor Kalis and the Lady Lucara stood their ground. It was here that they began the greatest romance in Klingon history. This is ridiculous. Ah! I'm surrounded by corpses, my shoes are dripping in blood, and you want me to feel romantic? Why am I putting myself through this? Because later that night, Kalis and Lucara jumped on each other like a pair of crazed voles. Arr. Yeah? One more time. We focus on Odo's security office. Odo and Kira are going through security reports. This is the fourth threat of equipment from Upper Pylon 3 this month. I don't know how they keep doing it. We've changed the security protocols three times now. It's not the security arrangements that are at fault here. It's our friend, the Chief of Operations. Miles? What did he do? It's what he's not doing. He still hasn't finished upgrading the structural integrity field on Upper Pylon 3, so half the bulkheads are torn open. A child could find a way into those cargo bays. Look, Miles is a very busy man. He can't be everywhere at once. Sometimes it seems as though he's not anywhere at all. He's doing a superb job under very difficult circumstances. Uh, growing fond of the chief, aren't we? What are you talking about? I've always liked Miles. You've always liked the chief, but Miles is a different story. Look, I'm living with him, I'm carrying his baby, I'm pretending he's Irish. Don't you think that <laughs> might change things a bit? We're closer. It's like I'm part of his family. Hmm. Which part? The Irish part? What? Which part of the family, his family, are you? Sister? Daughter? Cousin? Irish cousin? Could we concentrate on the criminal activities report? Well, of course. And I'll refrain from making any further disparaging remarks about the chief. I mean, Miles. We focus on Quark's bar. Tumak and Thopak wait for Grilka to come out of the hollow suite with Quark. Thopak is agitated and pacing. This consulting with a Ferengi is outrageous! You forget yourself, Topak. You are the commander of the Lady's Guard, nothing more. Do not presume to judge her. Quark and Grilka come downstairs in costume, <laughs> laughing. I said laughing! <laughs> laughing! Ha 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 ha! Tumac! ale! For two! Mistress. You are an interesting man. I've always thought so. Not much of a fighter, of course. Fortunately for you, they were only hollow warriors. Well, it's the thought that counts. Yes, 
It is. And what are your thoughts, Quark? Why play out one of the most romantic scenes in Klingon literature for me? Why learn to speak Klingon and observe our customs? Why do you pursue me? I only pursue those things I wish to acquire. Acquire? Now you sound like a Ferengi again. I am a Ferengi. That means I have a talent for appreciating objects of great value. And I believe you may be worth more than all the latinum in the quadrant. When Grilka hears this, all eight chambers of her heart melt. My Kalis. My Lucara. Thopak loses his shit <laughs> and throws the table over and Quark with it. No! Mavia! Thopak! Forgive me, mistress, but I cannot watch this any longer. I will not protect a house where you are welcome, Ferengi. You are a coward and a liar, and you have no honor. So tomorrow you will kill me, or I will kill you. We focus on the O'Brien's quarters. O'Brien and Keiko are sitting on the couch having a drink, and listening to some music. Home two hours early? You'd better watch it, so I'll get used to this. Yep, they don't need me anymore. Home at 1700 every evening. You're such a bad liar. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he needs to finish calibrating the structural integrity field on Upper Pylon 3 or anything. Kira enters and breaks up their kiss. <clears throat> Hi. Hi! Sit down. You look exhausted, Bob Day. Miles, I think this woman needs one of your famous neck massages. O'Brien and Kira both look very uncomfortable at the suggestion. Uh, my hands are pretty cold. And I'm not in the mood anyway. I can see the tension in your muscles from here. No thanks, really. I'm going to Bajor tomorrow, just for a few days. Bajor? Yes, I thought I'd take the time and relax. A friend of mine has a house in Musala province. It's quiet, remote, no distractions. Perfect when you leave. First thing in the morning. Keiko starts to panic. Wait a minute. You can't go alone. What if you go into labor? Julian doesn't think that's going to happen for another month. But he doesn't know for sure. Miles, maybe you should go with her. What? I can't go. I have a botanical pathology seminar tomorrow. But you said yourself things are slow in ups. She's right, O'Brien. You did say that. I don't think that's such a good idea. Me neither. Miles! Edward! O'Brien! Are you going to let a woman carrying your unborn child go on a trip all by herself? Kira and O'Brien look panic-stricken. Are you two fighting again? No. Not at all. Good. Then it's settled. Miles, let's pack your bag. We focus on the defiant mess hall. Quark is discussing his Thopak predicament with Dax and Worf. What if I just do what I did last time a Klingon wanted to kill me? I throw my sword away, kneel down in front of him, and dare him to execute me. Yeah, he'll be humiliated and slink away like a scalded targ. The only reason that worked was because Gowron stepped in and restrained your opponent before he was able to kill you. No one will stop Topak. Dax and I aren't even able to attend. So my choices are to not show up, be branded a coward, and lose Grilka? Or die? Yes. Oh, come on now! There has to be another way out of this. You people have rituals for everything except waste extraction. You must have a ceremony or a secret handshake or something I can do. Mm. I have an idea. We focus on an empty holosuite. Cork and Dax are fighting with Batleths. 
In a transformation quite unlike himself, Quark is wearing a Ferengi headdress and fighting like a badass. Worf is beside them, fighting an invisible foe. His movements mirror Quark's. He is wearing some sort of flashing device on his shoulders. Quark uses his batleth to spin Dax's out of her hands and holds the tip of his up to her throat. Oh, congratulations! How do you feel? Quark brings his hand up to his neck, rubbing it. Worf has turned off his device so that Quark has control over his own movements again. Like a puppet. And I have some complaints for the puppeteer. You nearly wrenched my arm out of its socket. The movement would not hurt if you were in better physical condition. Exercise makes me sweat. <laughs> you need to get some, some, some sleep. She turned off a device under his headdress. If your body's tired tomorrow, Worf won't even be able to save you. Bedtime? Mm-hmm. Cork leaves the hollow suite. I cannot believe the links I'm going to for that Ferengi. I'm practically giving him Grilka. What is it you see in her anyway? I mean, she's attractive. But other than that? It is everything about her. The way she carries herself, confident and strong. She commands those around her. The proud tilt of her head. The way her face betrays none of her true feelings. The power of her voice and her eyes. As hard as Sephar gemstones and twice as sharp. It sounds like you're describing a statue. What would you do with a woman like that? Put her up on a pedestal and clean her every week? You do not understand. If I were in your shoes, I would be looking for someone a little more entertaining, a little more fun, maybe even a little more attainable. You are not in my shoes. Too bad. You'd be amazed at what I can do in a pair of size 18 boots. We focus on an empty, adjacent holosuite. Worf is wearing the VR device and has a batleth. Dax uses her tricorder. He's in position. We focus on another holosuite. It is programmed to look like the Hall of Warriors. Tumak, Grilka, and Topak are waiting. Quark enters the holosuite wearing a Klingon warrior's outfit. Quark, son of Keldar, why are you here? To... to answer... Worf takes control and swings the batleth. To answer the challenge of Topak, to prove my honor and win the favor of the Lady Grilka. The challenge has been given and accepted. Let no one interfere. Muck. Topak thrusts and Quark parries. Where did you learn to fight with a batleth? I'm a man of many talents. Quark, uh, Worf? Quarf? They attack. <laughs> We focus on the empty holosuite. Worf is showing off and damages his device. I am not showing off. We focus on the holosuite Hall of Warriors. Quark is on his own. Topak raises his batleth in attack. No, wait! We focus on the empty holosuite. Dax is scanning the control device. 
You damaged the optronic relay. Can you repair it? I don't know. We focus on the Hall of Suite, Hall of Warriors. Well? I claim the, uh, the right of proclamation. I've never heard of the right of proclamation. It's a Ferengi custom. It has no pleasure. I beg to differ. I am as proud of my heritage as you are of yours, and I will not be denied the opportunity to express myself according to Ferengi custom. He has shown respect to our traditions. We will do the same. What do you need to do? I must make a speech. About what? About you. Get on with it. We focus on the empty holosuite. Worf is scanning the wall that separates the two holosuites. I do not know how, but he is still alive. You must work faster! I'm going as fast as I can. We focus on the holosuite Hall of Warriors. Uh, to this end, my blade soars through the aquarium of my soul, seeking the kelp of discontent, which must be cut so that the rocky bottom of love lie in waiting with fertile sand. For the coming seed of Grilka's affection, and yet, does this explain my need for her? No. It's like a giant cave of emptiness, waiting for the bats of love to hang by the bats of love with that Worf regains control well I guess that's enough talking now back to the fighting we focus on the empty hollow suite no showing off this time Worf just get it over with I was not showing off! We focus on the Hollow Suite, Hall of Warriors. Korf disarms Topak and knocks him to the ground. End it. If you insist. Quark raises his batleth above his head, bloodlust in his eyes. He tries to bring the Batleth down to the dishonored body of his enemy, but he cannot. Worf makes him stop. Maybe not. Worf forces Quark to bend down in front of Topak's sword. Maybe I'll just pick up your sword? He is led by Worf over to Grilka. He kneels in front of her, puts down his own Batleth at her feet, and presents Topak's to her. And I give it to you, I guess. Topak, your honor is satisfied. I return your weapon and discharge you from my house. Grilka throws his batleth. He catches it and bows. Tumak gives Quark a long look and turns to Grilka. My lady. With a bow, Tumak leaves the hollow suite with Topak. <laughs> Grilka grabs Quark by the shoulders. Domak! Aki! Gos! Epach! Quark grabs her throat. She starts to throttle him in return. Back in Worf's hollow suite, Dax shuts down the device. Under his own power again, Quark yells. Yeah! He falls over, taking Grilka down with him. She falls on top of him, but neither seem to mind. We focus on the empty hollow suite. Congratulations, you did it. What does she see in that parasite? Who knows? But they're on the same wavelength. At least Quark can see an opportunity when it's standing in front of him. He would have to be blind not to see it. She's obviously not talking about Quark and Grilka anymore. Worf, who never has done well picking up romantic subtleties, 
still does not get the hint. Exasperated, Dax decides to finally take matters into her own hands. Mova Aki Rostock! Computer! Batla! Mova Aki Rostock! Koshtava Ipak Kaiver Lukara! Ista Tovi Nook! Dax raises her batleth and brings it down, blocked by Worf. Meklavosh Kamesh! Tedok Rus Kamakto! Mestop! Worf gets the batleth off Dax, but she throws him to the floor. She does not like being corrected, so she straddles him and they begin to choke each other. We focus on a runabout cockpit. Kira is waiting as Miles comes aboard. The awkwardness has not subsided. So I guess we go and... Looks like it. Tell me about this house we go into. It's a gorgeous 200-year-old cottage filled with antiques sitting in the middle of a deep, dark forest. It's got three fireplaces, two balconies. I see. It's uh, 20 kilometers to the nearest neighbor, 30 to the nearest town. Why am I not surprised? It gets worse. There's a view. What? Of the Holana River. You can see it from every room in the house. At night, when the stars are out and you can only hear rushing water, it may be one of the most romantic spots in all of Bajor. That's it. I'm not going. I don't care what Keiko says. I'm not going. You go. I'll wait an hour and then I'll I'll tell her that you left without me, that there was a miscommunication about the parts of time. You think she'll buy it? She'll probably accuse us of having another fight. Behaving like children. I can handle it. The important thing is that we don't go anywhere near that place together. You're absolutely right. In fact, I'm going to go to the capital and see Shakar. It's the best idea you had all week. They hug. Have a good trip. Thanks. Would it be nice? In another life. Let's not even think about it. All right. Let's not. Miles? Yes, Ness? Get out. Right. <laughs> we focus on the infirmary. Kira is not there, despite the fact that she is now a nurse. Quark is battered, bruised, and happy. Bashir is scanning him. Compound fracture of the right radius, two fractured ribs, torn ligaments, strained tendons, numerous contusions, bruises and scratches. What have you been doing? You mean, what have we been doing? Quark turns to Grilka, who is at his bedside. Both begin to laugh. <laughs> never, never mind. I don't need that particular image running around in my head. I'll just treat you. Dax and Worf enter. His hair is disheveled and they're both covered in scratches and contusions. Dax has Worf's baldric draped over her shoulder. What happened to you two? We, uh... Well, um, if you must know, um... No, uh... I don't need that image either. In fact, I'm going to stop asking that question altogether. People can come in, I will treat them, and that's all. Please, have a seat. I'll be with you in a minute. Worf and Dax limp to a biobed. They can barely sit down. You do realize that, according to Klingon tradition... According to tradition, we have to get married. But, as you keep insisting... 
You are not a traditional woman. The truth is, Morph, at heart, you're not much of a traditional man. You might be right. How do you wish to proceed? I don't know. You must have some idea. You were the... Aggressor? Yes. And now there are questions that must be answered. Dax gets in between Worf's legs and wraps his arms around her waist. I don't feel like answering questions. Why don't we just take it one day at a time and see what happens? I, uh, I do not like the uncertainty of that arrangement. One thing's for certain. You've stopped thinking about Gorilka. <laughs> and that is right (laughs) honor to our house is being restored hey everybody that was a lot of fun. Oh my god, Mott, you <laughs> fucking killed me in this one. Like, with that accent. I was not ready. Nope. <laughs> so that was our reading of Looking for Parmok in All the Wrong Places uh, from D-Space Nine's um, fifth season. Sorry, I'm just trying to get my, my bearings here. And so I was playing Worf. My wife, Jane, was playing Dax. We had Kevin and Ashley. Kevin playing Quark. Uh, Ashley was, um, was Grilka as well as our narrator. Michael was uh, in a bunch of roles, uh, including some not planned. He was uh, Topak and Cisco and Keiko. We lost Davin along the way. I, I think he oh. had to go tend with the baby. Uh, Jessica Chan playing Kira. Uh, great job uh, to all. And last but not least, Mott. Oh my God, Mott. <laughs> like, I, it was. It was all I could not to laugh. Like every, and I wasn't even having to play off of you at all. Like Jessica. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. She started laughing. I could hear Kevin laughing in the back. <laughs> and like, like I'm trying to hold, hold my lines together. Like I'm like have tears in my eyes. <laughs> we all did. We weren't even the scene. Uh, like, I went from like Chicago gangster to Jersey Shore to <laughs> to cowboy for for a, for a while. He was like if Forrest Gump and Arnold Schwarzenegger had a baby. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was not a particular dialect. I, I don't even know. Realize. None of my Starfleet training prepared me for this. I <laughs> not oh my god! So also, friggin' funny. We've had a lot of discussion on Deep Space Nine at nine-ish on Tuesday nights about when Bashir was replaced by um, Changeling. Changeling Bashir, and I think it is now canon that it was partway through this episode. It was partway through. He was abducted <laughs> and replaced here. It yes. replaced. Uh, yeah, like, I, oh my god. It, this is a great story. I love doing this 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 story. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it, too. Uh, yeah. I had fun with it. Um, Ma, did you ever seen this episode before? You know, before we did this? I think I did see it once before, because I was like, uh, like some episode we watched in the past, like, I kind of like like to watch like a couple before and a couple after just to kind of see what's going on in the whole yeah. like realm of things. And I think right. I came across it. What did you think? Did you like it? Oh yeah. It, was, it had a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of sexiness going on. Uh... <laughs> <Sexiness>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's a, it was a, we kind of picked this one because uh, it was for a season three premiere. It would be like a Valentine's day sort of theme, a love uh, kind of theme. And uh, you know, just, it's a yeah, lot of love talking triangle theme. though. I mean, love triangle, the math oh, yeah. of love triangles. Yes. Uh, there was a few like, because uh, uh, I was pursuing Ashley's character for most of it, but I was dishonored, so I couldn't go after that. Dax was like, hey, someone more attainable. I'm right here. Uh, yeah, and then the love triangle in the O'Briens, the battle oh, of the Keiko, Keiko just kept pushing. Yeah, you know? Keiko's like, you need to take her to Bajor to a very romantic spot. And she like... And give her massages. And give her massages. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm very understanding why. She just wanted yeah. to be alone with her plants. That's what I mean. have a I have a botanical seminar tomorrow. In Sabar. She just wants to visit Sabar. <laughs> she wants to be alone with her plants in Sabar. Yeah, Sabar's <laughs> coming to the station. Because if you remember the one we did, Fascination. Go back to your plants in Sabar and Bajor. See if I care. Oh, my God. I think, like, I think the, the Mod O'Brien is a new... <laughs> 
thick. <laughs> yep. For the season. Yep. Must come back. For sure. This, I, I will. We will need this again, Mott. I'm telling you. And then so uh, uh, I, I wanted to also mention uh, Michael Chan recently on Star Trek Discovery, uh, eighth episode of season four. It was called All In. If you have not seen that yet, you need to see it. He's, he's early in the episode, hoping to see more of your character. I hope he gets a name uh, in the near future, too. And uh, and just we're thrilled uh, that you are uh, on the show and you're in the Star Trek universe for real. Are you going to start paying me for this now? We don't use money in the 24th century. It's kind of different, you know, so it's uh, talk, talk to Quark, though. Uh, you were you were on this first. You signed your contract. <laughs> yeah, no latinum. It's all Federation credits, uh, which you know you can turn in. But yeah, no, so so awesome uh, for you to be on that show. Um, you. you know, uh, like we all knew it would come eventually. It was just it's it's so nice to have it. And then you know, eventually someone's gonna get to play you in a radio theater. I so can't see who it is. Jane called dibs. Oh, oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, I cannot wait to, to to hear you say my lines. You don't want Mott? Yeah, I think Mott should do it. Oh my god! Irish, Irish yeah, I think I think Jessica should do it. Mott's performance that was the episode. I think will make a good radio theater uh, because it's it's mostly just poker a poker game that episode. So it's that episode's uh, really good. It, it, yeah, yeah, it, it is good. good. It was good. Yeah. Because I feel like the radio theater format works best for an episode like this. There's not a ton of action, even though there was like some sword fights in this in this episode. It's uh, got to be a good episode. Live long and podcast it, give it tens all across. Yeah, no, we all yeah we all loved. Yeah, we were like, well, it's Michael yeah. in it, so it's a perfect episode. But I bet that when we talked about this episode on the D Space Nine podcast oh, like, yeah. a few weeks ago. And we were all like, this is the best. We got to do this as a radio theater. Except for Jess, like, I don't like it. And we're like, well, you can sit this one out. Yeah, we were all like 10 <laughs> and 9 and a half. Yeah. And Jeff's like, ah, it's like a 6. Ooh. He's got baby brain. He's got baby brain. That's right. He did, yeah. he did actually sleep through the entire episode of uh, Deep Space Nine at 9. Just to come back at the end and rate it a six. Yeah, yeah it, was just, it was this great wow. podcast where we're like, "This was such a great episode." We all talk about it, and then he comes because he, he wasn't even there to start it, so I had to host the podcast. And then he shows up at the end just to tell us he hates it. <laughs> so. I mean, what about you guys with the whole, uh, you know, Warf uh, Dax thing? Uh, like, did you like, you know, they probably saw that coming for some time, but like, like, like that—that that was kind of like confirmed. They finally, you know, you know, hooked up. To- she had to be the aggressor in oh, order. Yeah, I was going for episodes before that. You know she had it. Oh yeah, yeah. She even from their very first meeting in like yeah. the beginning of season four, like she's clearly like I think they were planning to do that, but they took their time with it, which was nice too. Uh, because they, they, they've they've been together on this show for about a, what, a season at this point. Um, yeah, she was always way into him and always, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was like it was um, it was a bit of a fantasy for me to get to play it out as Worf and Dax uh, for this one. Um, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, I hope I, I haven't done Worf in a while. I hope it was good. Um, yeah, it was it's really good. Yeah, you got like the intonations and everything. Uh, did you like my Klingon opera? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it was better than Worf's. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I thought you sounded well because you can sing. You should have like yeah, yeah. You sang. You sounded good. Oh, good. I, maybe I have a new career as a Klingon opera tenor. Um, Let's not get crazy. Dude. Look, you didn't wake the baby up, so good. Yeah, I didn't wake the baby up, so I didn't break any windows, so that's all right. Yeah. So uh, that uh, anyway, lots of fun. I, I uh, will we'll come off uh, for the podcast, but uh, just wanted to say uh, thrilled to share this experience with you. We will edit this down. We have to edit this down because there was a couple uh, missed lines and things anyway, and we got to get Davin to re-record his some of his lines because uh, I do want to put him back in this, but. But um, even if he's changeling, guess what? We have our next episode of Radio Theater. I won't be playing on for that. And uh, we got that coming up on March 5th, everybody. We're going to be doing episode two of Radio Theater. And guess what? We got a special announcement. Coming back uh, is Steve Shives from um, from his own channel on YouTube, self-titled. He's a YouTube, um, lot of, does a lot of Star Trek podcasts, but not exclusively. He talks about a lot of different things, wrestling and a lot of politics and different different things. Anyway, he's, uh, we're, we're oh. so this will be on, 
on March 5th, uh, 2022, Jody Simpson coming back to play Q for this one. This is the episode Hiding Q from Next Generation's first season. I'll be playing Picard. We've got Steve Scheiss' Riker again, as he did in the uh, in season two when we did um, Samaritan Snare. He also played Riker in that one. This is pre-Beard Riker, given the powers of the Q. Michael Chan, you will be Data. we got uh, Jessica Chan as Lieutenant Tasha Yar, pre-Death. Jeff Mader will be coming as Jordy LaForge, uh, a con- a helmsman uh, uh, Jordy LaForge. And Mott, you're going to be Worf cool for this one, uh, a red shirt uh, Worf. Jane, you got Beverly Crusher. And Kevin, you got two versions of Wesley to do, same voice <laughs> in either case. But <laughs> And Ashley uh, will be narrating. No character for Ashley in this one because um, aside from like the three characters at the top, Q, Picard, and Riker, the rest of, the char- the rest of these uh, characters are, are, are sprinkled in. This feels more like an original series episode than uh, not. But I think this will tie in well with the beginning of uh, Picard season two, which is set to start that first week of march will premiere about a day or two before this so uh that's um that's the reason we're doing this particular episode and it's just a lot of you know people talking it will work really well for our format as well so really excited to be doing that with the uh with the whole gang here in uh in just a couple of weeks i guess it was that in like two weeks we'll be doing that mm-hmm. and uh and then for in april we i'm thinking maybe we do uh the episode darmok uh for first to correspond with the first contact day Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra, if you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so trying to have like a theme, trying to do a, a radio theater once a month is kind of the goal here. Uh, also check out our other content here on Live Long and Podcast. Tuesday or Monday nights, we talk about Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, there's Kevin Millard and I and Jody Simpson and Adam Woodward. We're going through all the episodes in order. We're now into like episode 12, I think, of season one. We just talked about the episode Silent Enemy uh, recently. And uh, check that out every Monday night. We'll be uh, following along as the show is supposed to get better. Um, so <laughs> Jody, so is, so is Jody. This, this is what we're told. That's why we keep going. This is why we keep going. Yeah. Uh, on Tuesday nights, uh, Star Trek D Space Nine rewatch series. We are into season five, as mentioned a few times tonight. Uh, we did this one not too long ago. Tomorrow's ep- our Tuesday, Tuesday's episode this week will be Trials and Tribulations, the one where they go back to the original series and cross over with that episode. We did that as a radio theater feels like a million years ago yeah. um but it was like our, our second or third outing we ever did as radio theater um yeah. so that 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 exists and we'll be talking about that on tuesday night really excited for that one and then thursday uh we often continue our whatever is the newest show um so i was doing with, with jessica and uh and davin we were talking about star trek prodigy into 20 late 2021 and early 2022 then star trek discovery came back for you know it's fourth season and michael chan was on the show and i'm talking to michael chan while he's on the show and with Adam Woodward and Ashley Millard. So that that continues. We got another uh, four episodes, I think, for season four of Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Picard is right on the horizon, as mentioned. Uh, that will be starting early March. There'll be a bit of crossover with that one. And then uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds coming even after that in May. Um, there's a new Star Trek movie with Chris Pine and and J.J. Abrams and all them are coming back to do another movie there. Uh, so it's a it's the year of Star Trek, you know. In some ways, uh, it's big, big, lots of new content coming out. There'll be a new Lower Decks later this year as well, uh, presumably. So lots going on here. Live long and podcast. Love the uh, love Star Trek, and we love talking about it. Um, uh, we also have a, another channel, Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. That's Jeff and I and Jamil and a few others who talk about different things uh not related to star trek mostly movies and tv we talk about ozark we talk about marvel we talk about reality shows like big brother and survivor right now doing celebrity big brother three uh we got one or two more or only one more podcast we'll be covering that finale wednesday uh new season survivor on the horizon we got dr strange we're gonna be talking about so check out all that over at super made brothers podcasting plus trivial debates a monthly show we are with movies tv sports and a game show format we got jeff mater hosting the next edition on february 27th next sunday uh the questions are in people and it is exciting um as I, as I, I'm just stalling for time what are the questions we got a movie question what is the worst movie with the best musical score soundtrack that elevates it to be a great movie you gotta love Jeff's questions um anyway you know and there's then, only one answer yeah. and only Jeff knows it only Jeff knows it yes it's much like a Seymour answer and then what winter his wildcard question is what winter Olympic event is the most irrelevant well all of them. Well, <laughs> too bad. You should give Jody, Jamil, or Max Duda, the three contestants, a heads up about this because they they will be arguing about it uh, come uh, next Sunday. Uh, so excited for that. That will be our uh, episode it's two. Nice yeah. Uh, no, it's got to be like, I think it's like mixed doubles and curling or something like that. Um, but anyway. 
That's it. Right. Uh, check out Davin's podcast. He's got Locutors of Trek, his own Star Trek podcast. Uh, plus, he's got X-Men X-Rated, where he talks about X-Men the Animated Series doing a rewatch uh, podcast. He's got the creators, guys, of X-Men the Animated Series coming onto his podcast this Tuesday. Uh, the original like creators of that cartoon, if you've never seen it, it's phenomenal. It's 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 excellent, and he's going to be interviewing both of them. They're a husband and wife team. Um, and so I was supposed to be on Tuesday. I got bumped. Can you believe it? So yeah. <laughs> Yeah. for the creators yeah <laughs> creators of x-men i don't i don't know um and then um and then i'll be on the next week to talk about i think we're talking about the season two premiere after that on x-men x-rated uh the following tuesday and what else uh did i miss anything uh Eamon mater he's a son of mine he's my only son actually and um <laughs> a son. he's a son uh he's got his own podcast he does under his his um his alias sam jerka it's called let's talk about fighting games they have a new episode this come out on february 12th he does that with his friend sonic smash bro seth and someone named paranoia they delve into everything about fighting games from the first step in fighting games to the top level majors from street fighter 5 to dragon ball fighter Z, and the best and worst parts of fun games as well as everything <laughs> in between dragon ball Z is the most canadian thing i have ever, ever. heard you say <laughs> <laughs> Is it showing? Is it really <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And with that, I think we can sign off for the tonight. Thanks so much to this cast and the crew for bringing this all together. Thanks to Ashley and Kevin for bringing the script together. Glad that Gus was able to uh, get through the podcast relatively. Uh, <laughs> sure. And uh, and with that, I think maybe we'll come off uh, with 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 some with some tunes, maybe you know, to to take us away. She called it. Good night. The Blanca Pocket. Oh, my. Oh, thank you.